Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Lawul hamdu hasan wa thanaul jameel. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa allahu wahdahu la sharika lah. Yakulul haq wa huwa yahdi sabil. Wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh. Amma ba'd. All praise and thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah. Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi. Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends and upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time. As we continue and the author he says, Qala ibn Kathir, Qala ibn Kathir rahimallahu ta'ala al-khaliq. لهذه الأشياء هو وهو المستحق للعبادة. so the author he brings a piece from Ibn Kathir where he says that the creator of these things is the one who truly deserves to be worshipped. and Ibn Kathir Abu Alfida Imad al-Din Ismail Ibn Umar Ibn Kathir al-Dimashqi. He was born in the year 701 in the city of Busra. And Ibn Kathir, he passed away as Hafid Ibn Hajar Asqalani. He says that Ibn Kathir lost his sight just before he, his life ended. He died in Damascus in the year 774. May Allah Azza wa Jal grant mercy upon Ibn Kathir and make him amongst the residents of his paradise. So the author, he uses Ibn Kathir's explanation of the verse, Ya ayyuhal nasu'budu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum walladhina min qablikum la'allakum tattakun. Ya ayyuhal nas, O mankind, u'budu rabbakum, Rab, worship your Lord, alladhi khalaqakum, he who created you, وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ And those before you, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّكُونَ So that you may attain piety. And Alhamdulillah, last week we discussed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the creator of the sun, He is the creator of the moon, of the mountains, of the sky, etc. And what is important is that we need to understand and we need to define what is worship. Linguistically, worship is ibadah, translated in English as worship, to humble oneself at-tadallul and to submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala al-khudu'u Worship and servitude is of two types. First, servitude which is general to the whole of creation, Muslim and non-Muslim alike. They are all slaves of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions and He says, In kullu man fis samawati wal ard. إِلَّا آتِ الرَّحْمَنِ عَبْدًا 
There is none in the heavens and the earth but comes unto the most beneficent Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a slave. And the second category is specific to those who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Muslims. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says to us in Surah Al-Furqan, وَعِبَادُ الرَّحْمَانِ الَّذِينَ يَمْشُونَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هَوْنَا وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا سَلَامًا And the slaves of Ar-Rahman, they are those who walk on the earth in humility. And when the foolish ones address them with bad words, they are rude to them, they speak to them in an inappropriate way, then reply back to them with words of gentleness. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs mankind and specifically to the believers. This verse is for the believers. Rahman. And the slaves of Ar-Rahman, that when they walk, Allah is explaining a quality. That the slaves of Allah, when they walk on the earth, they walk with humility. They don't walk boastful. They don't walk with kibr, with pride. But rather they are humble when they walk on the earth of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ and when a foolish person, when an ignorant person, when he addresses them, then they will reply and they will say, فَقَالُوا salama, Peace unto you. They do not involve themselves with unnecessary arguments. And may this be a lesson for all of us. With regards to the definition of ibadah, of worship, in the Sharia, the scholars have differed with regards to the wording and not to its meaning. So they differed maybe with regards to the definition. What defines ibadah in terms of using different words? But as for the ma'na, as for the meaning, then the meaning is the same. Worship is the utmost humble submission along with the utmost love. As Ibn Qayyim, he mentions in his Nuniya and he says, وَعِبَادُ الرَّحْمَانِ غَايَةُ حُبِّهِ مَعَ الذُّلِّ عِبَادِهِ هُمَا قُتْبَانِ And worship of the most merciful is to have the utmost love for him. To worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we need to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the utmost love. And with humble submission. And these two conditions, love and submission, they are the two pivots. Other ulama have defined the word worship as the following. That which is commanded in the revealed legislation, the Quran and the Sunnah, not established by intellect nor customs. Others define worship as the following. 
that which is commanded in the revealed legislation not established by intellect nor customs and a fully comprehensive and exclusive definition of ibadah is the following al-ibadatu ismun jami'un likulli ma yuhibbu Allahu min al-aqwal wal-a'mal al-zahira wal-baltin as Ibn Taymiyyah he mentions, worship is a comprehensive term covering everything which Allah loves from speech and actions, both outward and inner. So it is a ismu jami, it is a comprehensive term. It covers everything which is beloved to Allah Azza wa Jal. From speech, meaning that when we utter words, we utter words that is pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We recite the Quran, we read the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we make adhkar, we speak well. This is all of speech that is beloved to Allah azza wa jal. And he says, wal a'mal, and actions. Making salah, going on hajj, fasting in the month of Ramadan, Paying your zakah, giving sadaqah. These are all actions and many more. Al-zahira, those things which is apparent. Your salah, people see you make salah. When you give zakah, it is apparent. Hajj, apparent. Umrah, apparent. And many other acts of worship, fighting in jihad, apparent. Wal-baltina, and inner. For example, at-tawakkul. For example, khawf, fear. For example, many other things that people cannot see, but it is still form of ibadah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as we will see a bit later in our dars. Then the author, he says, وَأَنْوَاعُ الْعِبَادَةِ الَّتِي أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهَا مِثْلِ الْإِسْلَامِ وَالْإِيمَانِ والإحسان ومنه الدعاء والخوف والرجاء والتوكل والرهبة والرهبة والخشوع والخشية والإنابة والاستعانة والاستعاذة والاستغاثة والذبح والنذر وغير ذلك من أنواع العبادة التي أمر الله بها the types of worship that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded, such as Islam, Iman, and Ihsan, which includes supplication, fear, which is khawf, hope, raja, reliance, tawakkul, longing, rahba, and dreading, rahba. Submissiveness, khushu, khashya, inaba, yani repentance, seeking assistance, isti'ana, seeking refuge, al-isti'ada. And inshallah bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, in tonight's lesson and the lessons to come, we will be looking at each of this individually. And the Sheikh says, asking for help, istighatha, and offering sacrifices, 
making oaths another and all other types of worship that Allah commanded all of these things belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And we are going to start off with the first one which is dua. Dua is divided into two categories. Number one, dua of worship, yani ibadah, and dua of request, mas'ala. As for dua of worship, it is to praise and glorify Allah the Almighty. Like how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions to us in Surah Al-Fatiha. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. In the name of Allah, the most, or Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All the praises and thanks be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Rabbil Alameen, Lord of the worlds. And we discussed this ayah, last week or the week before, we, we said that all praise, every single praise from the time of Adam alayhi salam until the last person to walk on this dunya and all thanks is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for Allah because Allah explains who is He. He says that He is Rabbil Alameen, that He is Lord he is the Lord, He is the owner of Al-Alameen. And Al-Alameen, it is everything besides Allah Azza wa Jal, mankind, jinn, and all that exists. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He describes Himself, and He says, Ar-Rahman rahim The most beneficent and the most Merciful. Allah carries on explaining who He is. He says, Maliki Yawmiddin. The only owner. He, on the day of Qiyamah, the day of recompense, it is only Allah Azza wa Jal who is the judge, who is the Malik. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Maliki Yawmiddin. He is the owner on the day of Qiyamah when no one else, where all the kings and the presidents that maybe had a certain say on this dunya, but on the day of recompense, on the day of Qiyamah, it is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions and He says, إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ that we worship you alone, O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You alone do we worship. We don't worship anything else. We don't worship the dead. We don't worship saints. We don't worship graves. We only worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when we ask for help, we only ask you, O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And 
The second part, وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ We will obviously discuss in more detail when we discuss الْإِسْتِعَانَ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Guide us to the straight way. So now we're looking at dua al-mas'ala. And what is the straight way? What is the straight path? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he explains. And he says, صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ غَيْرِ الْمَغْدُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الضَّالِّينَ The straight path, Allah says, is the way of those on whom you have bestowed your grace. غَيْرِ الْمَغْدُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الضَّالِّينَ And not the way of those who have earned your anger, such as the Jews, nor of those who went astray, such as the Christians. And like I mentioned earlier, this is known as dua al-mas'ala. And this is the second category that we mentioned. This is to request from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala something like guidance or provision. Oh Allah, guide me. Oh Allah, guide my family. And this, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, is extremely important that we should on a continuously basis, that we should ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for guidance. The author then, he brings Dalil. And he says, وَالدَّلِيلِ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى وَأَنَّ الْمَسَاجِدَ لِلَّهِ فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا And the mosques are for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The masajid, they are only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and for Allah alone. Meaning, as Allah says, فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا So do not invoke anyone along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You cannot be sitting in one of the houses of Allah azza wa jal. You cannot be sitting in a place where you make prostration, you make sujood, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but you call unto other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wa na'udhu billah. And a masjid, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, a masjid is an important place. A masjid is of the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and it plays a core role in the community. عن جابر بن عبد الله أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم قال من بنى مسجدا لله كمفحس قطات أو أصغر بنى الله له بيتا في الجنة جابر رضي الله عنه says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's messenger informed us. 
whoever builds a house for the sake of Allah, like a sparrow's nest for Allah, or even smaller, Allah will build for him a place or a house in Jannah, in paradise. Narrated by Ibn Majah. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, so here we can see the benefits and the rewards of building a masjid. And one doesn't have to build a massive, huge masjid. Even if it is a small place of worship. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, he gives an example of a sparrow's nest. Or even smaller. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will build for him a house in Jannah. Imagine, you build a house for Allah. You contribute to a house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the masjid. And Allah builds for you a house in paradise. This shows us the importance of contributing to the masjid. The second point under the masajid is... As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, إِنَّمَا يَعْمُرُ مَسَاجِدَ اللَّهِ مَنْ آمَنَ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ The mosques, the masajid of Allah, shall be maintained only by those who believe in Allah and the last day. A kafir, someone that does not believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He's not going to maintain, maintain the masjid. But those who believe in Allah and those who believe in the last day, they are maintaining the masjid. And maintenance of a masjid is also extremely important. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we need to look after the masjid of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Those people that find themselves on the committees, those people that find themselves as the mutawallis of the masjid, they too need to know the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You cannot have someone running something. For example, you have a manager, he's running a factory, but he knows nothing about the commodity. He knows nothing about the Subject that is being made, that which, which is being manufactured. He also knows nothing about the machinery. He needs to be up to date with everything. He needs to know who's his workers. And like that, someone that looks after the masjid cannot be someone, mashallah, he has a lot of money and alhamdulillah he's on the committee. But he knows no rules of the sharia. He knows no deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He doesn't even know how to treat the imam. He doesn't even know how to treat the people that are cleaning the masjid. So these are all important qualities for the people of the, always running the masjid as well. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا and do not invoke anyone else along with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do not sit in the masjid. But your ibadah is to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you are in the masjid, when you are outside the masjid, you call only to Allah and to Allah alone. 
The author he then explains and he says, فَمَنْ صَرَفَ مِنْهَا شَيْئًا لِغَيْرِ اللَّهِ فَهُوَ شِرْكٌ كَافِرٌ أو عفوا فهو مشرك كافر والدليل قوله تعالى وَمَنْ يَدْعُ مَعَ اللَّهِ إِلَهًا آخر لا برهان له به فإنما حسابه عند ربه إنه لا يفلح الكافرون The author he makes mention and he explains that whomsoever directs any part of this worship and here specifically referring to dua to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then he is a Mushrik, he is a polytheist, he is a disbeliever. And he says, That the proof of this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying, That whomsoever calls unto other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whomsoever calls to another deity, other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, la burhana lahu bihi, of which he has no proof of, innama hisabuhu inda rabbihi, so his reckoning is only with his Lord, who is Allah azza wa jal, innahu la yuflihud kafirun, and surely the disbelievers will not be successful my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making it clear that whomsoever calls unto another deity besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he renders his ibadah to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He makes dua to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He calls out al-madad. He calls out al-ghawth to for example, Al-Madad Ya Abdul Qadir, Al-Ghawth Ya Rasulullah, seeking help from other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, making dua to other deities besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is not Islam. This is not the way of a believer. And to get back to what the author says, he says that whomsoever directs any part of these acts of worship to other than Allah, he is a mushrik kafir. And here I would like to explain something. That for example, you study this and you meet someone and you hear he calls out to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What needs to take place is that one will need to inform this person. My beloved brother, my beloved sister, what you have done is incorrect. And if you persist on doing this, this is something that could lead you or something that will take you out of the fold of Islam. So you are giving hujjah to this person. You are explaining to him what Allah actually wants from him or her. You are explaining to him to them that calling unto the dead, making dua to saints, making dua to a grave, this is Shirku Akbar. 
if the person he agrees and he understands and he says that I won't be doing this again, but he fully understands what you have explained to him. You explain to him verses of the Quran. You explain to him the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, sayings of the Sahaba, sayings of the Tabi'een, of the Atba'u Tabi'een, and he fully understands. So now proof has been brought to him. He accepted. But you see next week, you see a week afterwards, he carries on with the same. He still calls unto other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now he falls under here with obviously a judge or a hakim or an imam will need to sit and judge the case. But the most important thing is that people, they need to understand what they are doing. We need to explain to them the deen. You cannot just go around, you see someone doing something wrong, which is not according to the Sharia, and you pass a hukum, you pass a judgment on him. Without even understanding or realizing that this person might not have understood, he might not have known this mas'ala. So it is extremely important to first explain to people what we do or what they are doing, and then we pass judgment, and Allah knows best. The author he then carries on and he says, وَفِي الْحَدِيثِ الدُّعَى مُخُّ الْعِبَادَةِ أَوْ فِي رِوَايَةِ الدُّعَى هُوَ الْعِبَادَةِ وَالدَّلِيلِ قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمُ دَعُونِي أَسْتَجِبَ لَكُمْ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ عَنْ عِبَادَتِي سَيَدْخُلُونَ جَهَنَّمَ دَاخِرِينَ The Prophet, peace be upon him, he mentions... And he says in a hadith that Ad-du'a mukhul ibadah Ad-du'a is the core Supplication is the core of worship And there are some ulama with regards to this hadith They have deemed this hadith da'if It has a form of weakness in this hadith However If one looks at other ahadith for example, where the Prophet, peace be upon him, where he says, Ad-du'a huwa al-ibadah. That du'a, that supplication, it is ibadah. So here we see that the ma'na of this hadith that the author brings is the same as Ad-du'a huwa al-ibadah. That du'a is ibadah. And what is the proof, my beloved brothers and sisters, that du'a is a form of ibadah, it is supplication. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, وَقَالَ رَبُّكُمُ دَعُونِي أَسْتَجِبَ لَكُمْ And your Lord, He says, supplicate to me, I will respond to you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking, he is requesting, he is saying, he does not need mankind. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he does not need us. But yet he says, أُدَعُونِي lakum." Ask me, invoke me, supplicate to me. أَسْتَجِبَ lakum." I will respond to you. وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي and when my slave asks you, then say that I am close to him. And that I answer the call of a caller. When you call to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will most definitely answer you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as the Prophet peace be upon him, he makes mention that Allah, he descends to the to Sama'ud Dunya during the third part of the night. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he asks, who is there of my slaves that needs forgiveness? Ask and I will forgive. Who is there of my slaves that needs something from me? Ask and I will give them. This is your Lord. This is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ask him. Why go to a saint? Why go to a grave? Why risk your iman? Why risk your belief when you can go directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And this is what the author is explaining in his book, in his treatise, The Fundamentals of Islam, The Three Fundamentals of Islam. This is basic belief that each and every Muslim, young and old, that we are all supposed to know, that we are all supposed to Understand, and then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala He says, "Inna ladina yastakbiruna an ibadati sayadkhuluna jahannam daakhirin." That indeed, overly those who are too proud to worship Me, they will enter sayadkhuluna jahannam daakhirin. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, never ever think. That I am too weak to ask Allah. And you find that some people, they have this understanding and they spread this belief as well. That you need to go via a saint. You need to go via a prophet. You need to go via a wali. Because we are weak. Because we are sinners. But here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Uda'uni astajib lakum. That Make dua to me, supplicate to me, and I will indeed respond to you. And whosoever is proud and haughty, whoever feels that they are not going to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they are too proud, ibadati, they are too proud to worship Allah. Those from my slaves who are too proud to worship Allah, Sayyadakhuluna. They will be entered into Jahannam. Dakhirin in a state of disgrace. Allah should or we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protects us from this. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He never gets upset. He never gets angry at His slave. When they ask him. You meet a human being and you ask him. You know brother. I need something from you. Or sister I need something. First time, second time, third time. They help you. They don't have any issue with us. But when you ask the fifth time, the sixth time. There's going to come a point when they're going to say. You know my beloved brother. My beloved sister please. This is enough. And this is reality. But with regards to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as the poet says, Allah yaghdabu in taratta su'alahu wa bani adam hina yas'al yaghdabu. That Allah becomes angry when you do not ask him. 
Allahu yaghdabu in taraktu. That when you do not ask him, when you do not pose your questions and your needs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you need a house, you need a car, your spouse cannot bear children. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Seek the assistance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says, وَبُنَيْ آدَمُ وَبَنِي آدَمُ حِينَ يَسْأَلْ يَغْضَبُ But when the children of Adam, when you ask them, then know that the children of Adam, they become angry. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, never feel shy to ask the Creator who created myself and yourself. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, people, they are divided into three categories. Number one, those people who do not make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They make dua to the graves, they make dua to saints, they make dua to Nabi Isa, whatever it might be. But they are not invoking Allah Azza wa Jal. This is the first group. The second group is those people who make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They supplicate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at certain times. And at certain times, they do not submit. They do not make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is also shirk. As for the third category, they are those who makes dua to Allah Azza wa Jal alone. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those that when we supplicate and when we make dua, we call unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. When we explain madad and istighatha, we will touch on dua as well. And this will either be next week or the week. After bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. The author he then says, وَالدَّلِيلُ الْخَوْفِ And the proof for fear, for khawf, قَوْلُهُ ta'ala. It is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَلَا تَخَافُوهُمْ وَخَافُونِ إِن كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ So do not fear them. فَلَا تَخَافُوهُمْ وَخَافُونِ but fear me, meaning fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In kuntum mu'minin. If you are true believers. And here we see that khawf, it is an apprehension of something unpleasant. And khawf is divided into two categories as well. So fear is divided into two categories. Number one. الخوف العبادة Fear which is worship Directing this to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala This is shirk For example Fearing someone other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In which only Allah can be feared For example Fearing that somebody or actions of somebody will cause him or his children to die. This is only from Allah Azza wa Jal. And one cannot have this fear for 
anyone else besides Allah Azza wa Jal. Another important point that I would like to look at, under this khawf, under fear, which is part of ibadah, and which is for Allah Azza wa Jal only. Nowadays, Alhamdulillah, everyone, and through technology, we're on social media, we're on WhatsApp, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, Instagram, whatever you might be on. But sometimes we get a particular message. If you do not send this message to 10 people, or you do not send this message to 20 people, you will break a leg, or you will lose wealth, whatever it might be. And you find people, they fear this. And what do they do? They forward this out of fear. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this is totally against Khawf. This is totally against Khawful Ibadah. Fear in worship. One cannot believe that if I don't sin something, that that thing is going to be a cause of negativity in my life. It's going to be a cause that something happens to me. It's going to be a cause that my children might die. It's going to be a cause that I'm going to lose wealth. No. Life death, the, all of this comes from Allah Azza wa Jal. So never fear, my beloved brothers. If you want to send something, send it. But don't send it with the intention that if I'm not going to send it, there's going to be a bala, there's going to be a type of issue that is going to befall me. Another point under this of al-khawf al-ibadah is that people, they fear the graves and tombs of certain people. What does this mean? So for example, they believe. Or they say that if I don't sacrifice a sheep for so and so, if I don't go to this particular person's grave site, a pious person, and many of the times these grave sites are built up, etc. This is for a topic on another day. But what happens? And I need to walk out of this backwards. And if I don't do this, then something is going to happen to me in my life. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this is shirk akbar. This is major shirk. One cannot believe that that sahibul qabr, the person in the grave, or, what, or whatever it might be, that they are going to afflict harm. These are all inanimate objects. You are not going to have something that is hanging on your wall, that is going to protect you from something else. You are not going to have a stone or a tree that is going to cause harm for you. And this reminds me of Umar ibn Khattab, when he approached the Hajr al-Aswad, the black stone, and Umar ibn Khattab, he says to the black stone that indeed you are but a stone. If it was not that I saw Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam kiss you, I would have never kissed you. And also, he says to the black stone that you won't be able to harm, nor would you able to benefit. 
And like that, the inhabitant of the grave, like that, people that have passed on, that you might think they are pious, no harm or no benefit can come from them. It is ye Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that ye benefits us. It is ye Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that will inflict us with harm. And know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the creator of things that will cause us to have fear. As we will see under the second time. So my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, just to recap again, having fear in worship, it is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it cannot be connected to any other human being and Allah knows best. The second type of fear or khawf is known as al-khawf al-tabi'i, a natural fear. This is fear in something which is clear and apparent. For example, someone he sees a snake, automatically he gets afraid. Some people, they are more afraid of certain things than others. Someone he sees a dog and he freaks out. Another person he sees a dog and everything is fine. But the point is that this, this type of fear, al-khawf al-tabi'i, we are born with this type of fear. There is nothing wrong with this. This is a natural fear. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us an understanding. The author then carries on and he says, وَالدَّلِيلُ الرَّجَى قَوْلُهُ تَعَالَى فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرُجُوا لِقَى رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا الرجاء To have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says in Surah Al-Kaf فَمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُوا لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا So whoever hopes to meet his Lord then let him perform righteous deeds and not mix anyone. وَلَا يُشْرِكْ بِعِبَادَةِ رَبِّهِ أَحَدًا And do not mix into the worship with his Lord. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, we live in a time, we live in a society. And how apt the author, he used this and he brings the issue of Raja. That... We live in a time where people, they are tending to preach the hope. That, you know, we must have hope. Allah is Ghafooru Rahim. Yes, correct. Allah is Ghafooru Rahim. There's no doubt. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He even informs mankind and He says, لا تقنتوا من رحمة الله Do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You are never too bad. Your sins can be like that of the ocean, the foam of the ocean. But yet when you seek the forgiveness of Allah, Allah will forgive you. But the point that we're trying to highlight is that we cannot just live on hope. A Muslim is Al-Muslimu bayn al-Khawf wal-Raja. A Muslim, he is between, or she is between khawf, between fear and raja. 
fearing the punishment of Allah Azza wa Jal and hoping for the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a believer. And the next point that I would like to highlight which we see in our society today as well. That Allah is Ghafooru Rahim. I do not need to do Amalan Salihan. I do not need to do righteous actions. I do not need to make salah because Allah will forgive me. I do not need to pay zakah. I do not need to fast in the month of Ramadan. Allah is Ghafooru Rahim. We do not have to wear hijab because Allah knows what's in our heart. Allah will forgive us. Allah, we must have hope. But like we mentioned, with hope comes the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Also, my beloved brothers and sisters, under this topic of ibadah with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, many of the ulama and the shurrah of usulu al-thalatha, they explain innovations. They explain what is bid'ah. And Shaykh Muhammad ibn Uthaymin rahimallahu ta'ala, he says and he makes mention that according to the sharia, According to the Sharia, the definition is worshipping Allah in ways that Allah has not prescribed. This is innovation according to the Sharia. Worshipping Allah Azza wa Jal in ways that Allah has not prescribed. Or you can say worshipping Allah in ways that are not those ways of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam or the khulafa rashidun the righteous guided successes the rightly guided successes of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and this topic will come again in the future either next week or the week after then the author says waddalil attawakkul قوله تعالى وعلى الله فلي وعلى الله فتوكلوا إن كنتم مؤمنين. and Allah says وقول تعالى ومن يتوكل على الله فهو حسب وعلى الله and توكل reliance is on Allah سبحانه وتعالى وعلى الله and upon Allah alone, فَتَوَكَّلُوا Put your trust in كُنْتُمْ مُؤْمِنِينَ If you are truly believers. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَمَنْ يَتَوَكَّلْ And whomsoever relies upon Allah, فَهُوَ حَسْبُ Then know that Allah is sufficient for him. Attawakkul, it is to entrust your affairs and to place your reliance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the most perfect, the most high. It is of the greatest acts of worship, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam. And put your trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you are believers indeed. One of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Wakil, the trustworthy, the disposer of affairs, our affairs 
are entrusted to Allah. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, and we end on At-Tawakkul. We end tonight's dars. This is lesson number six on Tawakkul. And I think this is extremely appropriate in the time that we are living. Everyone, whether young or old, speaking about the coronavirus, speaking about a virus. Masajid are being closed or salah and crowds are being limited, especially here in South Africa as well. We just heard yesterday that the president no gathering, said no gathering of more than a hundred people. This obviously affects us as well. And there's two points that I would like to highlight. Number one is that we put our trust in Allah Azza wa Jal. Nothing will afflict us except through Allah Azza wa Jal. And if something afflicts us, we still have our trust that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will cure us. Point number two. Having said this about putting our trust and reliance in Allah Azza wa Jal, we need to tie our camel as well. We need to take the necessary measures to protect ourselves. Read our morning adhkar. Read the Qur'an. وَنُنَزِّلُ مِنَ الْقُرْآنِ مَا هُوَ شِفَا That the Qur'an was not sent but as a shifa for mankind as well. If you need to take certain medication, take certain medication. But know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also ordered us, the Prophet peace be upon him has ordered us to take precautions as well. And once we take these precautions, then know that now we leave our affairs to Allah Azza wa Jal. Imagine, someone has a house, and especially for us in South Africa, with a high crime rate, he leaves his door open, leaves the windows open, has no alarm system, nothing, and he says, I put my trust in Allah. This is foolishness. This is tawakul. Whereas tawakkul is that he will do everything in his ability to protect himself. And with this, he knows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he is al-wakil. He is the trustworthy. He is the disposer of affairs. He is my protector. And if anything happens now, then know that this is through the will of Allah azza wa jal. But I did my best in my protecting my property and my health and my wealth through the grace and the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide and protect us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to ease the fears of the entire world and especially our beloved brothers and sisters, whether they are in Palestine, in Kashmir, in Syria, wherever they might find themselves in the world. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa. Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.